All right, welcome to another special edition of the Freedom Ring, ladies and gentlemen. I'm Matt Saludo. This is my uh, my wife, Teresa. And uh, we usually start off our shows with a moment of faith. Mm -hmm. And uh, lately, the topic of being a leader has popped up. Um, I don't have any scripture in front of me right now, but uh, whenever I uh, hear the word meter, uh, leader, whenever I hear the word leader, uh, this is definitely a guy that can definitely fill that role and be the definition of that. Um, we had the pleasure of meeting him. Um, what church were we, or what city were we at about six, seven months uh, ago? It was south of Cincinnati. Yeah, I can't remember Cincinnati. exactly which city it was in. And we had a little, uh, yeah, the resistance chicks. There was Ohio Brett. Uh, there was Mike Hamilton. That was where we met everybody. And, uh, and then we met uh, cowboy Coy Griffin. Um, and I'm just going to, before we officially introduce him, because obviously everyone can see him, but um, he uh, did prison time uh, or jail time anyway for the January. He was a jail, January 6th prisoner, um, former county uh, commissioner for Otero County, New Mexico, District 2, um, founder of Cowboys for Trump. I say former county commissioner because he was removed from office under the disqualification clause of the 14th amendment due to his actions in the January 6th insurrection. Now those questionable actions were leading people in prayer. Um, I'm not aware of anything else. I'm not aware of you throwing cinder blocks through windows, but man, they make you sound so bad. We've met you. We know you, we appreciate your friendship. And um, joining us on the on the Freedom Ring again today, but let's let's pick up where they uh, discuss your crimes on your Wikipedia page, if you don't. How are you, by the way, Corey? Because the last time we talked to each other, you were getting ready to go into jail, I think, for a, a second or third stay, right? Yeah, uh, I'm well, Matt, and I and I appreciate you and Teresa having me on. Um, yeah, I I don't know what my particular circumstances were the last time uh we saw each other but um but i did i i was locked up uh from my participation of january 6th i spent three weeks in uh what is now known as a dc gulag and uh that place is everything that you hear that it is whenever you read about it it's a it's a place of torture that um you can't really put into words um it's a place like i a position that I've never been in before. And uh, the mental torture in that place is, 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 yeah. I mean, it's, it's beyond explanation. It's really traumatic. Uh, my heart breaks to think that there's still men and women being held in those kind of uh, conditions. Uh, it's a, it's a very un-American and uh, I just pray that that wrong is made right very soon. And those people are allowed to be, let out and uh and and afforded their right to due process and what we're supposed to have is a speedy trial and what we're, we're we're over a year into this for some of the prisoners right that's correct yeah some of them have been in there you know um describe yeah. some of the conditions because we we've had this conversation before but you had like a bologna sandwich you were treated like charlie manson oh yeah oh yeah i mean i was and and let me you know, take you back to what I was charged for. What I was charged for was a misdemeanor trespass charge. Um, 
I went to my criminal trial in Washington, D.C., where the federal government had me charged with disorderly conduct and disruptive behavior. And I was acquitted of both of those charges because I did nothing disruptive nor disorderly on January the 6th. I went down with the sole intent of only going to pray with people on January the 6th, is which what I was the Lord allowed me to do. And it was a great honor to stand there on that day and pray with people. Uh, but not only to pray with people, but also to, um, you know, stand in solidarity to protest what we now know are fraudulent elections of 2020. Um, the fraud has been proven. And, you know, Matt, we went there not to upend any laws, not to stop the transfer of power, but we went because we were concerned that election laws had been broken, which are proven now that they were broken. No question and about only it. to lobby Mike Pence to vote no on a yes, no vote well within sight of his legislative authority and only to vote no to roll that vote back to the state so the states could have the respect of certifying it on the state level. And it's all inside the Constitution and right. what should have been our right to have been able to be there on January the 6th. So let's get to the uh, the Wikipedia page. On January 6th, 2021, Griffin uh, participated in the attack on the United States Capitol, climbing over barriers. Did you climb over any barriers? Now, Crazy, before no. you elaborate on this, did you climb over any barriers? No, I didn't crawl. I, I, I stepped up onto a, a rock retaining wall, a block wall, Um because there was a man that was preaching that was standing on that wall and he mm -hmm. had the attention of a big crowd was in front of him. And I thought that was a place where the Lord was going to allow me to, to lead people in prayer. Um, but, but there was no postings. There was no signs that said no trespassing, restricted zone, unauthorized zone. There was, there was nothing that would indicate that that area was off limits on right. that day. And there was already thousands of people all over the place, you know. So um, it, it was a trap. It was a setup. And, and by uh, this time, correct me if I'm wrong, local cops were allowing people into the Capitol at this time, right? That's correct. I mean, yeah. which you didn't, you didn't do that. You were just going to lead people in prayer. Yeah, and I didn't go into the Capitol either. I stood outside of the Capitol on the Capitol property. But, you know, I was always under the presumption that that was called the people's house and that that, that land belonged to the people. I didn't realize it belonged to somebody named the government and you would get thrown in jail if you stood on it, you know. I mean, Or I never would have gone down there, you know. I mean, I, I respect the law. I abide by the law. And... I never would have willfully broken the law if I would have known that I was breaking the law just simply by being present. And now I'm under the assumption, under the assumption, I'm a firm believer that when you say the U.S. government, I look at it as a foreign entity now. Yeah. Especially it's, uh, under this regime. It's, you know, it's become the America's enemy. I mean, the American people's enemy and, and, Speaking on behalf of myself and my family and my community that I'm from, you know, I was raised here in New Mexico to a logging and sawmill and family. Uh, we we had to deal with the federal government for timber to, to buy trees off of federal land so we could afford to run our business. And uh, 
the the government's been our enemy for a long time. They've done everything they can to shut our sawmill down, which they eventually did, and uh, by denying us access to timber. And now our forests are burning, our houses down, burning our communities down because because there's a there's a huge amount of fuels in our national forests that need to be removed. Um, so you know the government's created the fire hazards that we have now. And uh, and they've also put many families like my own out of business and made us really suffer. So um, on top of climbing over barriers and walls to gain access to a restricted area on the, of the grounds, that restricted area, by the time you had arrived, well, afterwards you had found that there was some sort of, I, I envision like a police tape or some sort of tape that by the time you arrived had been trampled over so therefore you were not aware that it even existed. Yeah, apparently there was some type of snow fencing or something that was up down there, that some plastic fencing. Um, and also bike racks, you know, they were they were using bike racks to defend the to define the the restricted zone, which the bike racks were already, you know, cops were DC pulling sides saying go in. Racks. But D.C.'s full of bike racks and bike racks in D.C. are always used for crowd control, you know. So um, if there would have been the same type of barriers and security measures that were up after around the president Joe Biden's inauguration. Um, yeah, please don't you call know, the those president. Would have been well respected. But on January 6th, there was no way to tell where anything was. And during my criminal trial, I might add. Um, we showed us a Secret Service agent that was on the stand, Special Agent Howe, a veteran of 20 years of the Secret Service. We showed her pictures and videos of the front of the Capitol on that day and asked her to identify where the restricted zone was. And she couldn't even tell you where it was. Right. You know, so how are we supposed to know where a restricted zone was? That whole day was just a mess. I mean, it simply was. No, yeah. there was no security. There was no nothing going on. Well, how many times did we were we watching Newsmax, and they kept showing that same clip of yeah. the bike racks being pulled aside by uh, by officers by a short police officer, and and all of them. It looked like they were directing traffic in. That's correct. Right into the Capitol. I'm like, and the first time I saw it, I go, "That's an invite." Yeah, that's not stay out. I that's an love, invite. I would love to know if those police officers were let go. Were you? Were they fined? Were they fired for allowing these people to come in? And well, you know, the, well the, the police officer, is, the police officer that was caught on video that actually shot, um, oh, yeah, Abbott, Babbitt. Um, yeah, they he wasn't even he got a slap on the wrist. So I can't imagine any of these people got any regular. Uh, Repercussion. Thank you. <laughs> no. Well, well, the problem with January 6th is there hasn't been any investigations into any of these things that, that y'all mentioned. You know, I mean, one of my burning questions is who opened the front door of the Capitol? Because those that, that door of the Capitol is a 20,000 pound prison grade uh, security door with magnetic locks. It doesn't get breached. It doesn't get pushed open. It it, it can only the locks can only be released from inside of the Capitol in a secured area. So somebody pushed the button to release the locks on the door, which opened the doors to the front of the Capitol. 
who was that person and why did they do that and under what direction did they do it? But, yeah. you know, none of these questions are answered right now because right now we have a majority of Democrats in the Senate and the House and they don't want those questions answered. They, they just want to direct all attention to President Trump and those that support him, which is all we've seen. You mean it hasn't been covered on the January 6th committee hearings? No. What? Come on, have you not been paying attention? I would hope uh, that. I know, ironic, huh? I hope they subpoena him and I hope he can speak. I well, really, they, I really do. They are subpoenaed. We'll get to that in just a second. Yeah. We're going to get into uh, where everything stands right now in just a second. But I, I can assume to, um, for that front door, uh, I believe that it's either Nancy Pelosi or maybe it was her uh, daughter's film crew that opened up that uh, opened up that door. We'll get that, we'll get to that in just a second. There's a lot. Of, there was a lot of informants in that. Another another thing that makes me scratch my head is you know we've all seen the video of Dominic Peziola, who I was locked up with whenever I was in jail, the Proud Boy that that broke the glass out. Right. But if you watch the videos, there was another man that had a two by four that broke the window out before Dominic Paziola broke the... Who was that man? Right. Whose payroll was he on? hear about any of that, you know? Yeah. I mean, there was a lot of FBI informants, instigators that oh, yeah. were there instigating the crowd. Yeah. And you never hear anything about any of those people. And you, you were there to witness it all, and there's no questioning it. That's right. Uh, let's see. Griffin spoke during a recorded commission meeting stating he was going to uh, go back to D.C. with his firearms for the inauguration of Joe Biden. Woo! Yeah. Paw, 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 paw. They make it sound like you're going to commit an assassination. <laughs> Elaborate on that. It's ridiculous. I didn't have firearms with me whenever I was arrested in Washington, D.C. on January the 7th. I did go back to Washington, D.C., because I wanted to witness the inauguration with my own eyes because I believe nothing that I see on the media now. Right. I believe nothing that I'm told. I only believe the things that I see. And so I went back to Washington, D.C. To, to, to witness the inauguration, but I didn't have firearms with me whenever I went into Washington, D.C. You know, I mean, I, I would still be in jail right now right? if I would have had guns with me in Washington, D.C. So that debunks what they say right there, right off the bat. I did say before I left that I was going to have firearms with me only for my own protection because you you y'all don't understand the type of death threats and stuff that I've gotten in in really crazy threats, you know. And so I said that I was going to have my firearms with me simply and solely and only for my own personal protection. So those those people know that I would will protect myself. And why shouldn't you? You're an American. We've got the Constitution, the Second Amendment. I see nothing wrong here. Absolutely. Unbelievable. Uh, due to refusal to submit to COVID testing in jail, uh, Griffin spent days in solitary confinement. Um, that that is, is that the only accurate sentence here? Yeah, you know, I I uh, whenever I was first admitted into the DC jail, they wanted to give me a COVID test, and I told them no, that I wasn't sick and that I didn't need a COVID test. And so I kind of had a standoff with them. I spent nine days in twenty four hour a day solitary confinement because. 
I wouldn't take the COVID test. You know, if I once I took the COVID test, then they let me out for one hour a day. But the reason why I did that is because I wanted to show others how far the government is willing to go to force you to comply with what they want you to do. I mean, they kept me from taking a shower for nine days. You know, I mean, they they kept that I wasn't able to use the phone to call my family nor my attorney for 10 days. OK, so um they really just completely wow. stripped me of all of my basic human rights only because I wouldn't take a COVID test. And and now I guess it's the vaccine that they're leveraging against people. So it's really uh, it's really unjust. Well, we can't really call it a vaccine anymore. So they're, no. they're, they're pushing that they're pushing that shot on prisoners, too. Yeah. Yeah, I guess with with the prisoners that refuse to take the jab. Um, they they don't have near as many uh, rights as those that do take it. As far as haircuts, fingernail clippers, basic, yeah, just different. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So I mean, if you're a newcomer into this whole story, w w what's this remind you of? It sounds like yeah. Auschwitz. It sounds like Nazi Germany. This isn't the yeah. United States of America. Absolutely. It's very sad. Um, last paragraph. Griffin was found guilty on on the trespassing charge, but was acquitted of the disorderly conduct charge. He was sentenced to 14 days in jail. Um, that was satisfied by time served, a $3,000 fine, 60 days of community service and supervised release. <laughs> they make you sound like Manson uh, yeah. for, or, or Jeffrey Dahmer. Uh, for a duration of one year. Now, the the last time we spoke, you were getting set. I want to say you did an additional 30 days. No. 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 No, I, 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 I did three weeks. I did three weeks in solitary confinement. And as it says right there, you know, Trevor McFadden sentenced me to 14 days in jail. So um, the government had me in pretrial detention a week longer than what McFadden originally sentenced me for so what happens to that week of my life i guess you know it's just tough luck you know i mean i i spent three weeks and i was only sentenced to two weeks and i think that's one of the reasons why these sentences are getting so stiff for these guys that are in there right now is because they have to sentence them to to years in prison because they've already kept them in pretrial detention for almost two years, you know? So it just, uh, I just, it just, it's, it's hard to believe what's going on. It really right. is. Well, the fact that they're not even charged with anything, they haven't right, gone exactly. to court, they haven't gone to court yet. And they're, they're still sitting there. That's third yeah. world country mentality. It's not oh. right. It's, it's horrible. Um, wow. All right. So where do you stand on the BS scale with regard to Nancy Pelosi having a hand in arranging that entire day? Um, uh, you know, I'm 100 percent in. It's, you know, I think we give Nancy Pelosi sometimes too much credit. I think we give Chuck Schumer too much credit as far as the coordination of some of this, because. At the end of the day, it's the devil, you know, it's just, it's Satan and Satan is, he wor he's working through these people. Mm -hmm. um, all they are is his foot soldiers, you know, and, but the devil is really, uh, 
the devil is really going to extremes right now. And, and uh, those of us that, that serve the Lord Jesus Christ and, and are standing up for righteousness and standing up for truth and fighting the good fight, um, we're really being persecuted right now. It's, it's a spiritual battle at the end of the day. Yeah, it really is. Yeah. I mean, when, when we find out that she turned down, I hear anywhere between ten and 20,000 National Guard members days before January 6th that President Trump offered. And then she said, no, I don't like the way it would look. I was That's where it ended for me. I was like, she's behind him. Yeah. Um, and then I find out her daughter is, is, and a camera crew were on hand that day filming a uh, filming a documentary about the insurrection which hadn't happened yet yeah alexander pelosi i think is her name yeah. she's contacted me numerous times um she hasn't lately but there towards the beginning she was she was really trying to hook me in there for for some interviews and they wanted to come out here to New Mexico and sit down with me. And, um, that was one door that the Lord told me not to go through. You right. know I mean? Good um, for yeah. you, man. Because yeah. I don't know, that's just, they showed their cards as soon as I got wind of the film crew. And, and like, if your mom's at work, I don't care what the job is, whether she's speaker at the house or she's a teacher at the local elementary school and it's career day. And you're given the green light to go film mommy at work. There are certain days of the year where that's just not a good idea. That's not allowed. And I would imagine if we take that same mentality and apply it to the Speaker of the House in the United States of America on the day that the next president is to be decided and everything's closed doors, it might be one of those days where, you know what, honey? Um, let's not film this. Not I'm going to be busy that day. And then now we find out that uh, she's on hand with an entire crew doing a documentary. Documenting what? Nothing had happened yet, unless it was planned. Yeah. No, you know, the media has been very strategic on January 6th. On the day of January 6th, I, I hardly saw any media. You know, there wasn't hardly any video uh production like news news sources that were present around the capitol on that day um the media that we've seen has been extremely controlled you know we see the same videos over and over and over that are gaslighted to us but you know you don't see a lot of the videos of 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 patriots that are just singing the national anthem that are praying together that are celebrating our country together you know in my area everywhere i went on that day as god is my witness it was peaceful you know i was never in a in a violent mob i was never in an armed insurrection it was it was people that were concerned but there was also people that were planted in the crowd a lot of these random acts of violence and stuff you know that wasn't that wasn't a picture of January sixth. That not not for me, you know it. Well, it, you've heard it, the it phrase. Was, it was odd. It was an odd day. You yeah. you heard the phrase in the media: "If it bleeds, it leads," and yeah. none of that bled, so none of that led. Yeah, there you but go. What's uh, what's your take on the unselect committee voting to subpoena Trump? 
Um, because if that's legitimate and live, isn't he going to verbally bury them? Oh, yeah. I wish, you know, I wish he would go before the committee. I wish that he would speak. I know that I'm sure all of his attorneys and all of his influencers around him are probably telling him no, 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 no. But you know what? President Trump can handle himself. President Trump, I believe if he were to sit down there, he was to get prayed up. And we were to be praying for him, and he sits down there. I bet you he would eat their lunch. Yeah. Um, well, everything they talk in. about with him, he it doesn't sound like he has anything to hide or hold back. I mean, what what was yeah. your fear? You had a fear if he not without a fear, but I can guarantee you, anytime anytime you see um, these committees interview somebody of the opposing views, their response when they try to elaborate on a question is yes or no. Yes or no? Did yeah. you say da da da? And they, yeah, they they lead you into a point where you have to say yes, I said that, and then they don't allow you to elaborate. That yeah. would be that would be the only thing where he would get himself into trouble. Maybe if he said, "Yeah, I, I said that," but and then let him explain. And they what didn't. He's talking about. They didn't. Even, they they did just that during the the presidential debates. You know, where they're continuously yeah. cutting him off because oh, he was making yeah. too much sense. And if they had them in their um, yeah, everybody else that they had on there talking, they were able, they, well, they it was, you can tell they were re, they, it was scripted, but they were able to elaborate on how they felt that day, on what they experienced. So I mean, they were able to give a whole testimony of what they felt and thought and their their interpretation of well, the people on their side were about. given the green light, but they were also reading off the teleprompter. Yeah, it was too scripted. And anyone that was representing the right, it was all pre-edited. No one was live, as far yeah. as I saw. I mean, I as soon as I got wind of the witch hunt, I was like, I'm not giving this my time. Um, it's disgusting. Yeah. And, uh, you know, if they're going to put him live, and I haven't, have you heard whether or not he's um, saying yes to the subpoena? or I haven't heard. Uh, no. I mean... I think that he's made a response uh, to it, but I don't know if he's as I don't know if he's responded if he's gonna take part in it or not. But you know, if Trump was to go in there in Trump fashion, just with a mindset and an attitude to steamroll them and rip them apart and not let them do that to him, but rip them up before they get him to that place where they put, try to put him in a box, I think he'd fare well, you know and. The court of public opinion is the greatest court to win in, and I think that Trump would fare very well in the court of public yeah, opinion. I agree if with you. If he was to go in there and, and take a hold of it and, and control the narrative, you know. I mean, you can't you can't run from these people. You have to hit them head on. If you run from them, they shoot you in the back, you know. Mm -hmm. um, I think it's the best way to, to handle them is to engage them. And then, and then tear them up. Don't be, don't be intimidated by them. Don't be threatened by them. Let them have the truth, and give it to them with both barrels. I've never seen Trump so far exactly. even elude to being intimidated. So no. What are you, what are you doing now? Because uh, I know you were um, given the walking papers. Unfortunately, yeah. You know, uh, after January the sixth, kind of the story on that. Um, my political adversaries from here in my county tried to recall me, um, and they they made a strong effort towards it, uh, but their recall failed miserably. Um, they couldn't even get 26 or 8% of the people of my county to 
to sign a recall petition. So I survived the recall, and but since they couldn't get me out the legal way, um, there was three plaintiffs from outside of my county that filed a civil lawsuit against me. Um, they took me to court in Santa Fe uh, County, um, a very liberal county, uh, on grounds of insurrection. And um, through that civil lawsuit that was a bench trial before a liberal Democrat judge, um, they, they introduced all their propaganda. And, uh, and at the end of the day, I was tried, convicted, and sentenced for insurrection. Um, in a civil lawsuit on a bench trial, and uh, the result of that was removal from office. So um, on September the 6th, I believe, uh, I was removed from my position as an Otero County Commissioner mm-hmm. um, using Section 3 of the 14th Amendment. And, uh, yeah, they removed me. I'm the first person in 153 years that's been removed right. from office Uh through section three of the 14th amendment. And you know, the Matt, the judge, judge Matthews is a disgraced judge. He's a total fraud. Um, and it, 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 this was totally outside of his jurisdiction. I mean, if you look at section three of the 14th amendment, it says very clearly that insurrection is not self-executing, but it can only be legislated by a two thirds majority vote out of Congress. So, you know, not a state district court judge doesn't have the jurisdictional standing to rule in the way he did. So I have an appeal filed with the New Mexico Supreme Court. And now the New Mexico Supreme Court is not responding to my appeal, which is very frustrating because this ruling or opinion is now uh, being used against other elected officials um, where they're trying to keep them from running for office or remove them from office. So that's it's really a disgrace. That's unbelievable, man. <laughs> Here's a good guy that's doing the right things for the right reasons, and America loses. Yeah, you know, but we we don't lose in the end. I, I no, we are going to win. God's going to win. Amen. And I believe that there's going to be a day of reckoning. I believe there's going to be a day – uh, where those like myself are going to be avenged, but that's going to come from God and God's going to, God is our defender, our refuge. He's our, you know, he's the one that looks over us and, and believe me, I know, I know deep down in my heart that this, this fight's far from over. Yeah. And the demons are just being exposed. That's really all. And that's exactly every, everyone that you've pretty much mentioned throughout this whole ordeal around the other side and uh, whether you want to call it the cabal or whatever, that's what it is. We see yep. it and it's, it's going to end. God always wins. Good guys always Amen. win. Amen. So, hey, whenever you come through uh, the Cincinnati area, I would love to get, we would love to uh, either get together with you or host a dinner here at our house, something. I just know that you're one of the good guys. Thank you, now. New Mexico, Ohio, regardless of the mileage that separates us, we consider you a friend, okay, my man? Amen. I appreciate that. All right, no you JD take... Vance. <laughs> <There> you <go. laughs> uh, Coy Griffin, um, all the best to you, and uh, let's stay in that. touch. Whatever your next chapter is, I want to know about it, okay? Let's do that. Teresa? Right. Nice to see you again, Coy. Nice to see you again as well. Good luck we'll in the future, my soon. friend. Bye-bye. All right, God bless.